The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, Student Media, or NCSU. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. This week's Eye on the Triangle. The time is 7.07. It's Tuesday, July 14th, and on behalf of the EOT team here at WKNC, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm Ian Grice. This week, we have a story about how Abdul Malik Abu, a starting forward for the NC State basketball team, continues to play and practice on the court during Ramadan, the Muslim fasting holiday, by Zach Tanner. A review of Me Without You's new album, Pale Horse, by Nathan Forbes, and read by Colleen Keenan Ferguson. Gavin Stone has a story for freshmen about deciding which major to pick. Kevin Kronk talks with DJs at WKNC about what they're currently listening to. And finally, I have a story about the archives from the Cooperative Extension. And as always, we'll have this day in history and the community calendar. Up next is Zach Tanner. Abdul Malik Abu practices faith and basketball. It's 3 a.m. on a warm summer night in early July. Birds are chirping and a single car is passing through an all but deserted intersection. The sun has not even begun to rise, and Abdul Malik Abu is beginning his day. It's the month of Ramadan, a time during which followers of Islam fast from sunrise to sunset and make a more conscious effort to restrain from other acts that go against the teachings of their religion. As a devout Muslim, Abu has been practicing in these fasts since he was a small child. He said it was his parents who instilled his faith within him, which has in turn made him the man he is today. Abu said, They taught me from a young age the basic morals and values that any parent should. They taught me always to do the right thing, no matter what. Growing up with my religious upbringing made me who I am today, with the discipline and things like that. Now, Abu is a starting forward on the NC State men's basketball team. And with the team's summer workouts in full swing, the sophomore has had to learn to balance the practices of his faith and his practice time on the court. Although workouts for the Wolfpack generally start well after sunrise, Abu must wake up in the early hours of the morning to make sure he is properly hydrated and able to play at a high level during the day's practice. By the time sunset rolls around, Abu will have gone upwards of 15 hours without food or water. However, the forward said refueling at night is not as simple as one may think. Abu said, Your stomach shrinks when you're not eating for so long. You get to the point where you want to eat, but you get full so fast. I could eat a banana and be full, so you have to pace yourself and gradually eat. As difficult as it is to maintain his work ethic during Ramadan, the sophomores had help along the way. Abu's older brother, Damola, played at Franklin Pierce College in Massachusetts. Abu said his brother has acted as a mentor during his athletic career. Abu said, He taught me to always pace myself and stay healthy out on the court. Abu has certainly followed his brother's advice and produced for the Wolfpack last season, 
making an appearance in every game of his freshman season and starting in 22, more than any other big man on the roster. NC State has certainly benefited from the forwards' play on the court, and Abu has enjoyed the benefits of living in Raleigh in the offseason. When deciding on a college during his senior year of high school, Abu said he would like to attend a school with a large community of Muslim students. Abu said in a 2013 interview with NBC Sports, It's not something I'm going to seek out, but if there's one present and the coach uses that as his pitch, it's definitely going to help. Fortunately, NC State has its own Muslim Students Association and the Islamic Association of Raleigh Mosque less than five minutes from campus. Abu said, A big part of me coming here was the mosque in Raleigh and the big Muslim community. I interact with those people almost every day, and they make me feel like I'm home, and they take care of me. Unfortunately, Abu could not attend many MSA meetings due to his rigorous schedule as a student athlete. However, Ali Jaffrey, former president of MSA and NC State alum, said Abu was still very active at the Muslim community on campus. Jaffrey said, He knows a lot of Muslims in the community and hangs out with them. During the night, he'll go to Lifetime Fitness in Raleigh and play basketball with some of the other guys. Jaffrey also said, contrary to what some may think, many Muslim athletes who are in season during Ramadan did not participate in fasting, including some of the stars during last summer's World Cup. Jaffrey said, Malik Abu could not fast and make up the fast another day outside of Ramadan. That's perfectly normal. He's very determined and he sticks to his roots. It's great to see players like himself that are willing to continue to fast. Abu said he has gotten plenty of attention for his resilience during Ramadan. However, he said it was simply a common part of his religion. Abu said, It's just a process, the whole fasting thing. A lot of people reach out to me. I'm on a bigger stage, so I get more credit for it. But there are a lot of people who go through it too. Because he is on a large stage, with his team fresh off a highly publicized Sweet 16 run, Abu said it is important for him to act in a manner that represents Islam well. Abu said, It's crucial for me to be in the spotlight and to represent my religion the best I can, especially with things in the media that cause people to see my religion in a different light. It's hard to represent a whole religion because I'm not perfect myself, but if I can be the best person I can be, then I can show Islam in the best light. I'm Zach Tanner, Interim Sports Editor, with Eye on the Triangle. You can read more of my work and the work of my colleagues at technicianonline.com. This is a review of Me Without You's new album, Pale Horses, by Nathan Forbes, WKNC Assistant Daytime Music Director. There's a lyric in a song that goes, Now it's just rival schools and me without you on our car rides. This song is one of my favorites from the band The World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. That line kindled a spark of interest in me to dig further into Me Without You's catalog. Since then, i found certain songs by the band really worth clinging to. Similarly to The World is a Beautiful Place, Me Without You is a band that I find difficult to categorize. In the band's earliest days, they were making music that was far closer to hardcore punk and screamo than indie rock. Slowly, they became more and more experimental, adding elements of spoken word and post-hardcore. They maintained that punk energy on their most renowned albums, 
Catch for Us the Foxes, and Brother Sister. But on their 2009 album, It's All Crazy, Me Without You became far more folksy. Only recently has the band returned to the post-hardcore style that they are known for, and that has influenced the likes of Law Dispute and Brand New. Their newest album, Pale Horses, dropped just this week, and it's a conceptual labyrinth. It actually reminds me of Brand New's highly acclaimed album, The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me. However, if the albums are akin, I would describe Pale Horses as a more mature, older brother. Both albums have themes of religion and death, and they even have a similar post-hardcore indie rock sound. The wordiness of Me Without You on Pale Horses is much more complicated, though, and may be a turnoff for some. The lyrics are loaded with references to classic literature and the Book of Revelation. Reading through the lyric booklet that comes with the album is like reading a James Joyce novel with its stream-of-conscious writing style and wealth of obscure references. Annotations within the lyric booklet might have been beneficial. However, if you really feel the need to look into the lyrics more, then azlyrics.com is a good place for that. In fact, this album's lyrics are so dense that many lines in the booklet were appended from the actual recordings. One of my favorite tracks from the album is Red Cow, and non-coincidentally, it is one of the most hard-hitting songs on the album. It's a blood boiler that reminds me a lot of their album, Catch For Us The Foxes specifically the inspiring first track from that album, Torches Together. Blue Hen is another energetic cut from Pale Horses about death's approach and features a chorus that's especially memorable. The album closes with Rainbow Signs, a song that evokes images of nuclear war and massive armies. It reaches for the apocalyptic bleakness one might find in a Godspeed You Black Emperor song. In the lyrics, Aaron Weiss connects personal catastrophe with the downfall that's predicted to occur in the Bible through the seven seals of Armageddon. The song starts off subtly, but around the halfway point there's a sudden burst and a guitar riff comes in that just sounds mean. Then the heaviness cuts out and the song and the album end on a personal note for Weiss. Although Pale Horses may never reach the musical heights of Catch For Us The Foxes or Brother Sister, the album shows that Me Without You is a band still capable of creating lively music, albeit by the use of a slightly outdated formula. Above all, Pale Horses shows that the band is still progressing and exploring new territory, especially through their mystical and imaginative lyrics that extend from their songs like poems. Lean Keenan Ferguson with Eye on the Triangle. <laughs> What's your major malfunction? Finding the right career path is told by alumni and upperclassmen. The prospect of choosing what you are going to do for the rest of your life in the first year of college is a daunting task for anyone. But the magnitude of this choice is often shown to be a doozy for the upperclassmen at NC State. The journey of finding a career with the right major leaves students with an abundance of wisdom which several students decided to share. Evan McIntyre, who graduated from NC State last semester with a degree in business marketing, and is now a consultative salesman at an IT firm, said that finding a job is not about being the smartest person with the best GPA. It's about resourcefulness and convincing them that you're confident in someone that they want to work with. GPA is a distant factor if they have nothing else to look at. In high school, McIntyre was pushed by his father, also an IT consultant, to learn how to make his own money, which led him to mow lawns and later start a successful irrigation maintenance company, where he said he made more money than even his teachers. In spite of his early business success, McIntyre said he struggles between doing what he wants, becoming a police officer or a teacher, and the need for financial security. McIntyre said, I would still love to be a cop or a teacher, but I can't justify my educational expenses and then struggle to provide for my future family. Once at NC State, McIntyre stuck with what he knew business. 
McIntyre said, I knew that I could do business well and that it offered a lot of opportunity. I did not know what type of concentration that I wanted within business. McIntyre started with a focus in accounting, but said that he saw the stress of managing other people's money and retirement was going to be too much for him. McIntyre said, I still recommend that kids be practical when deciding a major. Don't do something that you hate, but be mindful of what you'll have to do to get a job. Have contingency plans in place so that you don't have to be a stay-at-home son or daughter. For McIntyre, working in a field that provides financial security makes a good job awesome, and he doesn't believe that people can only get fulfillment from their job. McIntyre said that people will make the best of their situations usually and oftentimes will begin to enjoy their work. I think people are in control of their own fulfillment. Jobs will never provide fulfillment. Jobs become jobs quickly and that happiness is not exclusively related to employment. Sam Linville, a sophomore studying graphic design and one of the managers of the class of 2019's Facebook page, said most of the questions he gets about majors have to do with first-year college program. Linville said, I think that their biggest issue is that they just try to plan everything out, and it causes a lot of anxiety when things don't go according to their plans. Kids will panic if they didn't get into their first-choice major and get put in first-year college. One student who experienced this was Luke Baker, a senior studying geology. Baker wanted to study graphic design as a freshman but was denied by the College of Design. Baker said, I never really took getting denied to the College of Design too hard. It was more my parents' dream that I do graphic design or architecture because I've been painting and such since 8th grade. For Baker, getting denied was a breath of fresh air and it led him to take Introduction to Geology. Baker said listening to the professor talk about his experience in geology made an impression on him. I fell in love with the subject in that class. I was given the chance to do research in a lab and at the same time go outdoors and learn hands-on. My free time was spent searching for minerals and looking at volcanoes. I just completely threw myself into the subject. The major transition Linville sees students deal with in the transition between high school and college is students have to get used to seeking out answers to the academic questions on their own rather than relying on guidance counselors and teachers. Linville said, overall, your education is your responsibility. The struggle to find the right major can last for several years, as it did for Cassidy Slayball, a junior studying nutrition science after her latest major change last May. Slayball said that when her initial choice didn't pan out, she waffled between basically every major imaginable before finding something that she liked. I was super sure I wanted to do what I came in for, chemical engineering, and within a year realized exactly how little I knew about my major and how I actually didn't want to do that major. She said her biggest takeaway from her experience has been that though some careers require certain levels of education, a major doesn't define who you are or what your career will be. The activities you engage in and the passions you have are so much more integral to your success than which major you choose. The prospect of choosing what you're going to do for the rest of your life in the first year of college is a daunting task for anyone. Of course, all these stories can only be true once, if they were ever true in the first place. So to the freshmen awaiting their futures like fresh meat on the cutting board, or the parent that drove a freshman to Raleigh to give them a glimpse of what's to come. That nervous quiver in your stomach that you had when you came to campus for the first time, that doesn't go away on its own. If you bought the ticket, take the ride. And if you're expecting a definite answer and listening to this, the answer will always be wrong. This has been Gavin Stone for Island Triangle. Whenever you listen to WKNC, you hear whatever the current DJ or auto program is playing. But we at Eye in the Triangle decided to get a little bit more personal. So we went and asked the different staff members and DJs at WKNC what they're listening to. Let's see what they got. Cool. So I'm Matt Brown. I'm the, the general manager here around KNC. 
Uh, so honestly, I've been kind of starting to gear up for hopscotch. So a lot of what I'm listening to right now is uh, trying to figure out, you know, who I'm going to see at hopscotch. So a lot of them are hopscotch artists. I can say that I've been listening to the new Bully a lot. Um, they're going to be playing. I'm super excited for that. I've been listening to a lot of Sheer Mag. Uh, they're playing as well. I guess uh, another thing, I really like listening to tapes too. Cassette tapes? Yeah, cassette tapes. Um, and like, okay, th there is a reason. For a while in my car, the radio itself was actually broken, so I could only listen to cassette tapes. So, I mean... You uh, still have a cassette player? Oh, yeah, car. yeah. I've, I've got a real old car. That's old it's, school. That's it's old real school. old. But yeah, so I could only listen to cassette tapes. So I had a little adapter, you know, that would go from like an iPod to the cassette. And, you know, that, that was kind of cool. But like after a while, it was always kind of a pain to always pull up the iPod and like throw on a playlist or something like that. So I started buying uh, uh, tapes. So I actually have a tape right now from Cool Ghouls that I'm listening to. They're, they're this really kind of cool, like 60s kind of uh, rocky, surfy, psychedelic type thing that I, I really like. So who else are you listening to? Just the hopscotch? Or? Um, I mean, that's where there's been a lot of focus for me. Yeah, that's coming up soon. Is that in August or is it? That's in September. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Who else have I been listening to? The new Joanna Gruesome is really good. I like that. And uh, White Reaper just uh, came out with an album that I've really been digging. Yeah, I, I found that today. And it's like been on repeat in my office. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. So why don't you give us a little bit more of an in-depth description of each of those artists that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, so Joanna Gruesome is this really cool um, kind of rockish band, I guess. Um, one of the things I really like about them is there's a huge contrast in their singing style. Uh, you'll have these sections that are screamed and then these sections that are very melodic and, you know, really pretty sounding. And so having those two styles in the same song next to each other is really cool. When we first got the uh, the Bully EP, um, I played it on my show just kind of on a whim. It, it looked kind of interesting and neat and I, I always like to kind of do some random picks from the new music box and the the review that our music director has thrown on it looked pretty interesting but yeah it's bully is a female fronted band the lyrics are really good i really like them it's all very distorted which is something i really like in a song is distorted uh, uh vocals like more lo-fi distorted or more electronic distorted Oh, uh, very much. I'm I am absolutely in love with like lo-fi type stuff right now. Yeah, if it sounds like it was recorded in some dude's garage with one mic, uh, running into a, a cassette tape or something, uh, I'm probably gonna like it. The new Girlpool album is really good. I'm super excited to see them at. Um, they're playing with Frankie Cosmos out at the Pinhook in a couple of weeks, I think. And I am that is one of my most anticipated shows of the summer, I think. I'm super excited to see that because like, I absolutely love both of those bands. So so Girlpool is a two-piece. It's um, a, a bassist and then a guitarist, and then they both sing. But when they sing, it's not... It's a very unique sound. It's almost dissonant, which seems to be something a bit of a dividing factor. People either seem to love it or absolutely hate it. Thanks, man. All right, let's go find someone else. I am Jake from KNC. Okay, Jake, what are you listening to right now? Currently, I'm listening to some oldies, some local oldies called Gross Ghost. 
uh, and a band from Charlotte, uh, another great local band called the Mineral Girls. And of course, my all-time favorite, I listen to the Grapes a lot. All of those are local bands because local music is awesome. I've been listening to a lot of Northeastern bands, uh, like Diet Sig is good, and Cyberbully Mom Club is a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of bands from like Philly area. I think Radio Hospital is technically from Grand Rapids, Michigan, but they're kind of a, a Philly band now. Of course, the whole Waxahachie is kind of roped into that too. Yeah, thanks for helping me spread the word. All right, Cameron, what music are you listening to right now? So I've been listening to a lot of Monster Alley, which my co-host, Notorious VIC, really turned me on to a couple months ago. And I would describe Monster Rally as it's all instrumental um, and it's very sample based. Uh, it, it fuses a lot of funk and jazz, um, kind of a little bit of hip hop beats, and it creates this very kind of tropical fusion. If you if you look at Monster Alley and just look at his album art, I feel like his album art is kind of a, the the perfect, you know, visual representation of his music because he the album art, you know, takes like pictures, a bunch of different pictures and kind of collages them all together into this whole different image. And I feel like that really defines what Monster Rally's music sounds like. I love that description. Someone else I've really uh, gotten into is Curls MT turned me on to Ackright. And he does a lot of kind of instrumental jazz, hip hop. You can kind of think like Flylo style. Um, and he just released a EP with Javon called Raw Sheep. And that EP is awesome. Javon is really, really good, you know, MC. And I don't know, it feels very spiritual at times, but at the same time, um, just like the hip hop beats, like the, the jazziness of them, I really love. And just like the flow of it is 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 great. And uh, another album that I've that came out uh, about a month ago is Jamie XX's album In Color, uh, which has a very UK feel. Oh, definitely that house garage UK style. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially that first track. Like, you can't really get much more like garage than that. But like those songs with Remy are just like great. I don't know. The next to last song after that um, on the album is Rest Is Noise. And the beginning of that is just like super gated. And the first time I heard that, I had headphones on. But like the way he's able to manipulate uh, the dimensions of sound, I thought like my headphones were off and that like the sound was coming from my laptop. And just like his ability to create space with sound is, is pretty fantastic. Definitely, definitely. Especially with headphones on. You really do. You basically need to listen to that album with headphones on and turn it up. As much as you can bear. <laughs> so what else do you got for me? The last album I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about is Purity Rings album, Another Eternity, which at first it took me it took me a little warming up because it's it's a lot less weird than the first album, which it's a, it feels a bit more pop, it's a less kind of bewitching, but the like future hip hop beats and, and synths they use are just awesome and I'm I'm super excited to to go see them when they come middle of September. Okay, so did they change their sound from the first album, or is it still them, basically, but just a little different? I would say it's it's still very much them. They're still using those kind of future future hip-hop beats, but the synths are a lot lighter. Like, if you look at the album cover, um, it's very pink, and it has this, this, this woman in white kind of rising up, and I feel like that kind of, you know, shows the where this album is going compared to the other one, which is, you know, a black album with some kind of, like, 
crazy like kid drawings of like sheep dying and stuff. Where that album is really bewitching. This one is a lot more adult almost, and、um, but in the sense you know of like adult problems and and adult feelings versus songs about you know talking to my to her grandmother kind of thing. Again, my first album. This one is you know deals a bit more with like. Love and、uh, you know, kind of more grown-up feelings. But honestly, it's an album that I'm surprised is not doing better than it is. Like, it's an album that if mainstream radio was not controlled by like you know a few companies, this I could see some singles from this album being top forty. And what was the album called again? The band was Purity Ring. Another eternity. Okay, thanks, Cameron. Yeah, thank you. I'm Kevin Cronk, and this has been "What Are You Listening To?" on Eye in the Triangle. North Carolina State University Libraries digitize agricultural records. The State Library of North Carolina awarded a hundred thousand dollar grant in June to fund the Better Living in North Carolina, bringing science and technology to the people. Project to document the history of the transformation of North Carolina's agricultural economy during the 20th century. The project is designed to digitize a large selection of materials that NC State Libraries has in its archives. The historical records are primarily from the Cooperative Extension, originally called the Agricultural Extension. Todd Cosmier. University archivist, co-program and co-primary investigator of the project, said he expects that NC State students in the history department and College of Agriculture and Life Sciences will make the most use of the records in their research for written assignments. Making the materials easily accessible can foster research, Cosmerk said. There have already been researchers from California, Virginia. And graduate students from Duke, UNC Chapel Hill, and UNC Greensboro coming to look at the materials. NC State Libraries is working with North Carolina A&T State University's F.D. Bluford Library on the project. Both land-grant universities have offices where the extension started 101 years ago. A&T ran an African American-only program when segregation legally existed in North Carolina. The extension service began in 1914 when the federal government allocated funds to land-grant colleges. Though NC State had programs before the extension was created, Bluford Library is digitizing records of correspondence, pamphlets, scrapbooks, and photographs between two African American extension agents. North Carolina State University Libraries will be digitizing the annual reports from the first annual report in 1909 to the 2000s. The annual reports have a summary of what the extension service did that year from each county. There are certain large programs that have separate annual reports that are also being digitized. The programs include 4-H, a program that teaches children how to manage a farm, a rural electrification program, and several programs that focus on particular crops or animals, including swine, dairy, plant pathology, and animal husbandry. The extension service provided farmers training on better methods of growing crops. Raising animals and handling business. It also provided information to women on the farm for growing and preserving garden fruit and vegetables, sewing, furniture repair projects, and home management. The records show that in the 1960s, the extension started offering more non-traditional programs such as photography. The extension has also moved more towards sustainability, educating participants on sustainable agriculture and preserving the environment. NC State libraries have digitized the agromech, technician, archer. Architectural materials, 4-H materials, and family consumer science materials in the past, and these are online on their website. This has been Ian Grice with the Eye on the Triangle. This day in history.
Today is Bastille Day. On this day in 1789, French revolutionaries stormed the Bastille. Today, celebrations are held throughout France. The oldest and largest regular military parade in Europe is held on the morning of July 14 on the Champs-Élysées in Paris in front of the President of the Republic, along with other French officials and foreign guests. It's also National Day of Commemoration in Ireland. It's the day that commemorates all Irish people who died in past wars or in United Nations peacekeeping missions. On this day in 1798, one of the most egregious breaches of the U.S. Constitution in history became federal law when Congress passed the Sedition Act, endangering liberty in the fragile new nation. While the United States engaged in naval hostilities with revolutionary France, known as the Quasi-War, Alexander Hamilton and Congressional Federalists took advantage of the public's wartime fears and drafted and passed the Alien and Sedition Acts. On this day in 1881, Sheriff Pat Garrett shot Henry McCarty, popularly known as Billy the Kid, to death at the Maxwell Ranch in New Mexico. For the community calendar, we have Rhapsody in Ninth Wonder, P.D. Pablo, Nappy Roots, Terminator X, and DJ DVS will be performing on the main stage for Pacapalooza on August 22nd. Together, they are being billed as the Wolfpack Hip Hop Time Machine and will rotate in and out throughout the two-hour set, culminating with the lighting of the Bell Tower Red at 10 p.m. Other artists that will play throughout the day include Drake Murphy, Mo Jazz, Dr. Copter, Carson Hill Stone Age Romeos, The Beast, Just KP, Aaron Gallagher, Team Collective, The Sand Band, The Island Time Band, and Darkwater Rising. The City of Raleigh Museum is partnering with the Seed Art Share to bring you an original scavenger play written by Raleigh playwright Ian Finley. History buffs ages 8 to 12 are invited to join Sir Walter Raleigh for a night of intrigue and mystery solving in the museum. Lost artifacts and hidden clues will have turned the museum upside down. This 45-minute show will run July 17th and August 21st at 5 p.m., 6.30 p.m., and 8.30 p.m. each night. Space is limited. Tickets can be ordered online from Seed Raleigh. Raleigh is hosting the 2015 Summer in the Park concert series. Nick Driver, singer-songwriter and Raleigh native, is playing Sunday, June... is playing Sunday, July 19th at Fletcher Park. And Sandbox, fun, twangy, interactive children's music will be playing at Pullen Park, Sunday, July 26th. The concerts begin at 6 p.m. Bring your lawn chair... Bring your lawn chairs and picnic baskets. Alcohol is not permitted. All dates and information on the artists is available at the Pullen Park website. That's all we have for you this evening. I'd like to thank Kevin Cronk, Gavin Stone, Zach Tanner, and Colleen Keenan-Ferguson for contributing. As always, if you've heard anything you've liked, you've hated, or anything that made you think, let us know and tweet us at WKNC underscore EOT, where you can also catch up on more local news. Also, be sure to check out our blog at blog.wknc.org, where you can also download our podcast. After Hours with Chief Keys is up next at 8, and you can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle the week after next, right here on WKNC. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Ian Grice.